again with the great and wonderful Nick Thimianos to do our part two and actually get into some of the dad gaming where we didn't really get too much into that last time. So Nick, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, bud. How are you? I, I'm surviving. That's the best I can say. Um, like I was telling you earlier, new dog, kid, other dog, just it's, it's, it's a madhouse here. Our son had, uh, they the doc said that he did not hand, have hand, foot, and mouth, but he had like the the symptoms and stuff. So he was just raging all weekend with that, and it was we did not get any sleep. The poor guy. Thankfully, you know, we didn't get it, so that's a that's a plus. But yeah, like like you, that's just never stops with this guy. Oh yeah, the poor guy is always sick. We we've we've gone through the hand, foot, and mouth stuff. Uh, had had that run through one of the daycares my child was at, and it's not fun at all. No, but a plus. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut oh, you off. Fine. Go ahead first. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say is that uh, the only plus out of this, since my son was out of the daycare, bronchitis was going while he was gone, so he oh, missed that. Oh wow! Yeah, that's he would have really gotten both. Plus. Oh, if he would have, if he would have gotten both, oh, that poor kid would have been through hell. That'd have been a nightmare. Oh yeah. So yeah, we we we've we've done that, and the funny thing is, is actually one of the spells of hand, foot, and mouth. My brother-in-law actually was the one that got it. And he doesn't like do anything with the kids or anything. He got it from his work some weird random way. And Ugh. so yeah, it was just really weird that he actually got it. And yeah, yeah. That's just I hate hand, foot, and mouth. It's just one of those things. It's just like, no, stay far away from me. Yeah, I know, right? No, this kid was all over me. I'm just happy I never got it because I know as an adult it's just so much worse from what I've been hearing. So I'm like, uh, all right. Well, I'm thankful I did not get it. <laughs> so. yeah. Me and my brother-in-law are the same age, and when he got it, it, it put him down. It was not a, not pretty. It, it was rough on him. So, All right, well, we'll jump out of this fantastic talk of hand, foot, and mouth disease, and we'll jump into some fun questions about gaming as a dad. So yes. I'm, I'm just going to throw out some random questions. It's not going to be in any particular order. It's just going to be... Let's see what we can hit on and what we can catch. I've got about 10, 15 questions here. Hopefully we can cover them all. So okay. the first one I want to throw out to you is, is in your opinion, what is the best game to start a kid out on? A platformer. I, I would say a style of game. I want to say platformer. Probably because we've all started with like Super Mario, at least from our, our generation, right? So it's always a left to right kind of platformer. I actually want to get my son, when he has a little bit more of that dexterity and understand what games he's playing, I want him to use like the, my classic SNES and, you know, start with like Super Mario World or something like that. And I, I feel him branching out from there will work. Um, and also just it'd be fun, you know, because I know my wife is able to play platformers too, so she could be able to play with him or, you know, Mario Kart or something like that. So starting something simple for him to kind of grasp mechanics, I think will uh, do better for him if he wanted to keep, maintain that interest. Okay. So I guess I'll use this. I guess I'll use that question to kind of segue into the, to this one is, is 
do you think they should start like we had to start with the eight big games and slowly moved up through the systems slash the graphic changes and actually yes. learn it the real way? I want to say yes and no. Um, he, they have the opportunity to, to try both at the same time, so that's also fun. Like, I mean, I still play like retro-style games. Like Dead Cells is still on the very top of my list of any Metro, uh, Metroidvania games. Like Dead Cells is amazing, and it's simplistic art style and everything like that. So it it wouldn't hurt for him to know his roots. Do I expect him to have? Uh, share the same emotional attachments as I would with the same games when I was younger? Absolutely not. No, but it'd be nice for them to understand like, Oh wow, this is where you come from. This could be fun or no, this is terrible. I was like, Oh yeah, I could feel you on that. So I, and that's, that's why I'm more towards the middle with all that. Cause he can still get an enjoyment out of it, or at least an understanding as he's, you know, playing his modern stuff. Yeah. Um, I definitely feel you on that. Cause, um, they definitely are not going to have the attachment like we did because we had nothing else to compare it to. They have so much to compare it to and just like almost too much to compare it to. So I, I kind of feel for our kids because you have a kid that's a little bit younger than mine and then your stepdaughter's a little bit older than mine. And so you have, you know, we have that range there where they just have just almost too much in their hands. They just have too much they can grab hold of. Oh, that's absolutely like my my daughter. We got her like a bunch of Switch games, and she only just wants to play Rayman on her PlayStation. So it's like, okay, that's <laughs> <know>? awesome. <laughs> and I'm sure my son's going to be the same way too. He's going to be like, I want this and this. Okay, cool. Oh, I want to play WoW. I get on the computer or something like, uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Oh yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that, especially with like um how how kids are now. And yeah, everybody, I apologize if you hear a dog barking in the background. I'm going to leave it in. So you can understand the pain I'm going through with this new dog. He is very vocal and he lets us know his displeasure whenever he's not happy. So I apologize for the barking, but I'm gonna leave it in there so you can get a good laugh at what I'm dealing with. Um, all right. So here's another one uh, just to throw out your way is, um, do you think that kids should only play games that are rated for their age? Uh, I would like to say if they can be taught the difference now, you know, I, I feel that's still going to boil down on the on the parenting on that. If the parent has like absolutely no clue that this game has you know gore and gratuitous violence, and they're like super conservative in in terms of like you know want to maintain like a standard for the kids to play certain games, then you know they should be aware of that. But that's just whatever rules set they want to have in their house. I mean, am I expecting my kid to play a game like let's say they make a new Manhunt? Probably not what he's like, you know, 13, 14 years old is, you know, as he gets a little bit older and understands the world a bit more then yeah, maybe sure. But I mean, it, where you got like games like Call of Duty, where it's just nonstop, like, you know, military style combat and everything like that. Like, I get that they kind of made it more arcadey. But I mean, if you're also trying to go for those like immersion things that are really dark, um, I guess it's just dependent on, on the child and how they're raised. I mean, you know, if my son has like, you know, any kind of emotional issues, I wouldn't want him to play like some hardcore horror game unless that's like his thing, you know? Um, but you know, for me, I don't think I'd mind so much as long as it doesn't have anything like overly negative in there that might, you know, construe his thought process. Like, you know, all of a sudden he has like a jaded view or something like, why? Oh, because of the game. Uh, let's talk about it. Yeah. No, that's 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 a good a good way of thinking on it too, because that's probably one of the things I battle with thinking about my child, because 
as smart as he is, there's so many things that he's definitely immature in his age. But then there's definitely things that he's very mature beyond his age in. And I don't think his grasp of reality and not reality is one of the things that he's immature about. Because if he watches Pokemon, all of a sudden he's going to become a Pokemon running around the house for the next two days. You know, it's just he 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 emulates whatever he sees on TV and becomes that for a while. So, And you know what? And that's another thing, too. Like, you know, if it's something that they really enjoy, they're going to emulate, they're going to... They're going to keep reiterating that kind of uh, imagination, which is fine. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't expect them to be doing, you know, and you know, terrible things or anything by that nature. But I mean, that that's where I guess we come in as a parent, and you know, hey, this is wrong. Do you know this is a bad thing that you're doing in the game? You know, like, oh yeah, I just flayed a, you know, a, a you know, like a group of civilians in this house, and you're like. Dude, you're only eight years old. I don't know if you should try that yet. It's, yeah. it's I don't know. But uh, again, that it just I, I I think I would have to be in that a situation, see what he's experiencing, and then make that judgment instead of just this is how I feel right now. Yeah, no, I and I agree with you on that too, because it's it's definitely a case by case situation. Because some kids can handle things more mature than others. And it's just you have to gauge it and the the unfortunate thing for me is it looks like I'm going to have to pull back and not let him play as many of the more advanced games and get him on these basic ones. And he loves Mario Kart. We play Mario Kart 8, and he's he loves it on the Switch. He asks me all the time, can we play Mario Kart 8? And I'm like, sure, let's play it. And poor kid, he just sticks on the sidewall almost the entire time. And he'll get like 8th or ninth and think that's the best thing. But he's excited that he gets 8th or ninth. And so that's, that was- that's a good... That was Madison when she was uh, when she was a lot smaller, or when she'll be in my lap, and then we're playing Batman Arkham Knight. She's like, "Turn left when I'm gliding left." And then <laughs> it was like another like six months later, you know, when we're playing, and she's like, "Oh, go left." Even I'm like, "No, I'm gonna dive here to get to this spot." She's like, "Hey, he didn't do what I wanted him to." Like she started catching. I'm like, yeah. "Oh, okay, honey, I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I um. My child definitely slept through at his very early ages, slept through a lot of my destiny playing. So I have these feelings that like when he gets older, he's going to be like, dad, why, why does this seem familiar? <laughs> and I'm going to have to sit and explain him why he thinks that, you know, Oryx is a familiar thing because, you know, playing the, um, what was it? Night, I think, uh, King's fall raid. Um, the, the raid with the orcs and everything in destiny one. Okay. That was one of the raids that we played a lot with, you know, had the clan that just, we just dove into that raid. Loved that raid. It was fantastic. But yeah, I just think that he's going to end up coming to me like, dad, I have this weird memory. Can you explain this to me? So, um, all right. So let's see, let's jump around here. And, um, here you go. Here, here's one. That's a great starter. Uh, when do you feel like it's a good time to introduce your kid to gaming? I know you've already introduced your stepchild, but now what do you think about your young one? Well, Teddy already knows. He's usually like, if he wants to look for me, he'll initially come to my area where I'm always on the computer with her, you know, watching something, doing homework or uh, playing games. So when he wants to watch me play games, he'll say, he'll ask if we could hang out. So that's our, that's our code. Like he's like, he's like, hang out, hang out. So he wants to sit on my lap and watch me play a game. If it's uh you know, like if he wants me to play Red Dead Redemption, he'll say horsey. He, <laughs> likes, he likes watching me, you know, ride the horse, uh, uh, Final Fantasy 14, those rare times where I'm able to get in because that cue, 
um, he'll he'll save motorcycle because I have I bought the uh, the Fenrir motorcycle from Final Fantasy VII as a mount in fourteen. Oh yeah. So so he he says motorcycle for that, and then um yeah uh, there's you know just it depends on the game like even in Guild Wars you know I have a a griffin that I have like a lion mount uh, skin on and so he'll say lion lion you'll get excited so he he, he definitely um attaches uh, certain symbols in every game so that he'll tell me what he wants to see specifically and that's a game that like you'll sit in my lap and i'm just playing and sometimes he'll grab a controller and you know just <laughs> it around I, I remember handing my kid when he was younger the controller that's not plugged up to anything not mm-hmm. connected to anything and just letting him go to town on it while i'm playing and thinking he's actually doing them playing I used to actually do that with my baby brother and sister when, you know, they were the same age. So I think it just was just a very natural thing for me to do with Teddy, especially. Okay. Um, so let's see. We're moving through these questions faster than I thought we would. Um, <laughs> let's see. All right. So here's one that kind of hits, hits me pretty close is do you share your gaming stuff or do you make them have their own? I share. But they're going to get their own. I mean, it's just really dependent on how well they take care of things. Madison showed me that she has a sense of responsibility. I gave her a switch just because, you know, I know she's not good at charging. It's like, well, if you lose your charger, you misplace it. That's on you. You're going to have to pay for a new one. You know, so I'm also trying to instill a sense of responsibility and care um, in regards to their things. So, and that's the same thing I want to do for Teddy. Like, you know, as he gets older, I'm sure he's going to ask to play the computer. So I want to be in the same area with him just to make sure, you know, is he a rage monster kind of thing and smashes a keyboard or, you know, if he needs help actually trying to work things. So then, uh, so I can teach him. And then, you know, as he gets a little bit older, I would love to build him a new computer. I think that's for me, that's like my father son dream is, you know, building a computer right next to him kind of thing. So, um, uh, until then, you know, I'm willing to share, but if, you know, as we get older, I'm sure he's going to want his own stuff and then we play separately kind of thing. Well, as you know, I built a new computer. It's glows half the time. You see the blue glowing from the side over here from, cause it's a, it's ice. I made it ice blue and it's, you know, all white. I'm still trying to find my white graphics card. I got a 3060 TI and I just want to find a white one and it's so hard to find one, but I actually, Gave my son my old one, but I haven't cleaned it up and got it set up and fixed up for him yet. But that's what he's fixing to have soon. And then once he learns on that, then it's like, okay, let's build you one. This is what you got to do and make him do a lot of the work. That's that's I'm like you on that. It's like that's the exciting part is when I actually get to help him build a computer and he can build one for the first time. That That's going to be a lot of fun to me. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. We might have to have a computer building party. Get all together Ooh. and build a build a couple computers at the same time. That would be fun, actually. It'd be expensive, but it'd be so fun. <laughs> oh yeah, and that's that's the frightening thing too, especially with the graphics card market. That's what's going to kill us all, and prices aren't coming down anytime soon. I feel sorry for the people that are like, "Oh yeah, prices are going to come down in the next year." Nah, if anything, they're going to stay the same. And I am so fortunate. I am so fortunate. I could not believe I got the last thirty seventy. Yeah. You're very fortunate. I mean, I got lucky that I got this 3060 Ti from a um, Newegg shuffle before they started jacking their prices up because Newegg has definitely gone the way of having really high prices. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been it's been rough on the graphics card market. So that's but that's a definitely a long conversation for another time because <laughs> I oh, yeah. Um, 
All right. Let's see. The next question. Let's see. I mean, you're really, you're really burning through my questions quick here. Um, okay, here's a good one. How do you feel about kids and gaming online? That's one of the things that kind of worries me just because of being a gamer and hearing the foul language that comes from the quote-unquote squeakers. So, <laughs> I, I guess as long as they're not obnoxious, I mean, you know, I don't want to start cringing every time I hear a kid on the thing. You know, if they're talking, I'll watch my mouth. You know, if they're getting aggressive, I've never heard those kids. I always see the memes and everything about the kids saying that they're gonna they're gonna have a have it with my mother or you know my wife or something. I've never had that interaction. But I mean, like every time I've heard a kid, you know, they might ask for help or something. Like, sure, okay. You know, I don't ever want to be that person to give them a bad experience. But I mean, I've heard from other people they've had bad experiences with kids. I just don't understand what's the point. So um, if it gets too if it got too much like they're talking too much and they're not really asking for any help or they're just not contributing, then I'll just mute them. I mean, I don't think anything of it. And half the time I don't even have the, I'm not even in the voice channel with certain games on purpose, uh, just because of other people, you know, whether you got people thinking they could rap or they got stuff going on in the background and, you know, and they're, they're constantly hot mic. So I just, I feel like I kind of just eliminate the whole, I just blanket remove all of that. So I think that's where I stand. <laughs> yeah. The whole, um, keeping the mics open all the time that that's like, it kills me because for job, I have a lot of online meetings and it's like, mute your mic if you're not talking. And then of course, when I come on and play games, it's like, dude, mute your mic if you're not talking. I don't want to hear your rap music in the background. I'm not here to listen to your music. I'm here to play the game and the chat lines open if we need to communicate. So yeah, I feel you on that. It's just rough. And I have had the bad experiences of um, a kid telling me that he wants to do terrible things to my mother. And I'm like, really, kid, you, you don't know me. You don't know where I am. And you're saying these awful, terrible things. And then two, getting the wonderful, beautiful instant messages from them through either PlayStation Network or Xbox Live Network saying dirty things in the chat. It's just like, really, kid? And that's it put me in a situation where I had to start saying, I cannot, if you're under 18, I can't game with you just because you, you got to show me a maturity level for me to even try it. And I had to, cause it was just bad. So it was just, it was all the time. So I definitely have had those bad experiences and it just, it shocked me that kids say that it was like, huh? I was like, I know I've said some bad stuff in my life, but man, this is just like, I'd never said anything like that when I was 10. And these kids are like eight and nine and ten saying this, and I'm thinking they're like my my child's seven, and he's fixing to, you know, he's you know, in that range of some of those kids, and I'm like, I'm glad my kid does not know those words. If he did, if I, oh. if I catch my kid like on you know like playing games and they're doing that kind of stuff, then I'll take the stuff away from them because I don't know. I'm never I'm not a big fan of the toxic gamers and whatnot. So then that just kind of facilitates it and. I'd rather like, okay, man, if you can't respect somebody, I don't care if you're upset with them, then, you know, you're not going to write on that. Yeah, it's just, you got to have respect. Respect for other gamers, and that's how I feel, especially for my kid when he's playing. If you don't have that respect for other gamers, you're just not going to play. Um, all right, so, uh, so what's one game you won't let your kid play? New World. Why is that? <laughs> oh, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to say that because they've been terrible. Um... I really don't have any. Like I, I mentioned Manhunt, but I don't, you know, that I don't have an Xbox or a PS2 that he could actually load that up. 
I think that one is uh, a bit much, but I don't really have anything that I feel like that would be inappropriate for them or that I can't, I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, most of the games that I play are typically RPGs or MMOs. So I think that's where he might potentially lean to because that's what he sees me playing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like very rarely will you see me play a shooter. Like the most shooter game I have is Fallout. So it's like, yeah, again, I'm, I'm not even sure. I would just have to see what he's playing and just be familiar with it before I can make a decision typically, but I can't think of anything that exists right now that would bother me. Uh, my, my only one right now off the top of my head that would bother me for him playing would be GTA, just with Grand Theft Auto and some of the themes that go on in there, because you you just have some stuff in there that, especially with my kid having the issue of not separating, you know, what's reality and what's not, you just, no, you can't play that yet. No, you're going to have to show a maturity level and that you understand the differences between real and fake. That I could agree with. So, yeah, that's a, that that one scares me for kids. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like playing GTA, but it's like there's some very suggestive stuff in there. You know, it, oh, don't yeah. get me wrong. It's a fun game and you can play it so many different ways, especially with GTA Online. I love watching the videos of the people doing the uh, racing parkour in the air. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how do you all come up with this stuff? It's just like insane to me. And I'm like, I so have to do this one day. I have to play these one day, but I've, I've never played the um, GTA Online. So. It's not bad. I actually jumped on fairly recently because I wanted to unlock a uh, special revolver for Red Dead. So there's like a serial murderers in both games that you um, look for, you know, their trail. And then um, after doing so much, you'll unlock the revolver in Grand Theft Auto Online. And then once you unlock the revolver there, you have a challenge where you got to kill just 50 NPCs or players. Just just kill okay. 50 with that same gun and then um, it unlocks the the pistol for uh, Red Dead. So oh, I thought okay. that was pretty – yeah, so I thought it was pretty cool. So, I mean, you know, when I was doing all the unlocking in GTA, I was like, oh, I haven't done this in a while, you know. So then it was kind of neat just seeing some of the the little bits in there. But, I mean, the game for me hasn't aged well enough. Especially because I was jumping back and forth between that and Red Dead. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it just, I, I kind of burned out on it too myself, I think, after I, you know, got older. It's just like, it's just not, you know, a thing for me. Although it does seem fun with the GTA Online. All right. So, um, do you have a funny gaming story with any of your kids at this point? No, not yet. Not yet, unfortunately. Uh, they're still too small. I guess I could say a funny gaming story would probably be, you know, when Doom 3 first came out, you know, that was like, I was like, oh man, that's like one of my first real big, scary, like, uh, modern games aside from the first sphere. The first sphere was, oh man, but, um, with Doom 3, like, I had all the lights off, I had headphones on, I'm just like, just rocking it. And my mom comes, sneaks in, and just scares me. She just screams, like, ah! I just. <laughs> And she's just laughing hysterically, and I'm like, all right, I'm done. Because I was, like, still in the early levels of Doom where everything keeps jumping out at you. Yeah. And the whole ambiance, they did pretty well, uh, at least in the beginning half of the game. They 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 really knocked it out of the park there. So, the, yeah, then when she came in, she, like, totally ruined it for me because she just made my heart race and everything like that. I guess that would be one of the funnier moments that she would like to bring up every now and then. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I can't think of any funny ones off the top of my head for me right now, but I know I will have them with, especially with my kid. Is I guess as 
creative he is as he is because he has got just a crazy creative mind. So there's going to be some crazy things, and he wants to play Minecraft now. So it's nice. just it's just trying to figure out okay, how do I ease him into that and let him get into that world of Minecraft? And with the PC that he has, there is a graphics card in it. It's not a high powered one. It's like one of the Radeon like RX two eighties or something <laughs> like that. But something that can definitely run. You know, oh, I mean, if he has if he has like a smartphone or an iPad or something like that, you, you could get Minecraft on there too. So I'm sure you know that other computer could run it no problem. Yeah, he's I got mean, a, he's, a, he's got one of the kids' fire tablets, so I might can, okay. I might can sideload it from there because I've done uh, put apps on there that's not in the Amazon App Store, and I've learned how to do all the sideloading stuff, which that's that's a lot of fun. We're doing that oh, whenever. Nice. So like the Amazon Fire tablets aren't supposed to have Netflix on them. And I've learned how to sideload Netflix in there, so he has a Netflix now, so he can watch all of his Netflix stuff that he likes. And that's have that pretty there. awesome. So it's fun. So I know how to take any because I mean the Amazon Fire tablets are built on Android, so it's all there. You just have to get under the system and go through the route and add it in. It's not too bad. It's a lot of fun. So, nice. All right, I'll keep that in mind. All right. So the last question I have, but it's definitely not going to be the end of our conversation because we'll I'll, I'll come up with some other stuff, but what are your top three games that you feel your kid or kids have to play? Number one always will be Chrono Trigger. I, I even told my baby brother cause I got him to play that when he was 12. And I was like, if I'm not around when Teddy turns 12, you're going to have to pass that on. That's all you have to, that's all I ask from you. And he's like, okay, I guess I could <laughs> do that. But uh, Chrono Trigger will be the game that I want to introduce him to. And Maybe Fallout, probably, you know, have them at least see one and two. But I mean, you could play one of the more modern ones. I'm sure there's going to be like a Fallout Seven by that point. Um, I guess those are like my two biggest ones that are really important to me. Um, and after that, I don't know. It just kind of depends on his taste. I mean, those are like you know, if he's big into RPGs, what's a big fighting game? I was like, okay, I could maybe play Killer Instinct with him, even though I get rocked every time I touch that. I mean. So, but those I think would be the two biggest games, like for sure, that I want him to play. Like one of the best JRPGs ever, and one of the best old school Western RPGs ever. Just right there. Those are two great games, and definitely, you know, I, I those probably wouldn't be in mine, but I mean, that's definitely I, I, I like those games, and those games are definitely some of uh, great memories. Of course, you know, with the RPGs, it's what we put me and Hollywood played all the time growing up. So that's just those great memories and. It's, it's thinking like, I want my kid to have some of these memories, but it's like you can't recreate your childhood for your kid. And so it's like, how do you give them their own memories of some of these great classic games? So, well, that's all the questions I had written down and prepared. And guys, I'm sorry, my dog is just going crazy. We've only had him like four days now and he's six months old and he's just He's barking his head off, and he doesn't come when you call his name. So I apologize, guys, for the barking in the background. I'll, I'll cut out as much as I can. But um, I want to like continue a little bit of our conversation that we had from our first part, where we started talking about D&D &D and tabletop RPGs. And the question that I actually posted on our Facebook page for everyone in the group, for everyone that's following the Facebook page, how interested are you in doing a virtual tabletop game? Well, I mean, I'm always interested. I mean, we were, uh, like I told you before, we play Roll20, 
And uh, we we just finished my friend's homebrew campaign. We're starting a new one actually very, uh, in January in the 5e. So this is the first time oh, we're nice. actually getting our hands back into D&D, like role, you know, traditional D&D. But I never played 5e yet, so I'm super hyped. And also, I just met somebody out here in Colorado that he's introducing me to the Savage Worlds rule set. I don't know anything about it, so I bought the book and I'm supposed to meet up, but they were like doing like a kind of like a Van Helsing Castlevania kind of Ravenloft setting, but more on the on on the uh realistic I'm in, in technology side, like you know, you're not gonna see anything truly fantastical. We'll be using like whips and flintlocks and stuff like that. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, he's going to send me his, uh, like the supplement guides so I can check that kind of stuff out. Um, I already made my guide for D and D when I found out they were doing that. So I made a, I made a half work bard. He's got, um, you know, just like an investigative, like kind of low key spy background, but he's not really a spy. He's just, he just collects information because he always plays, you know, around people. So he just hears all the things that's going on. And then I was, and then I saw one of the other supplemental guides. So I'm like, Ooh, college of the sword. I'm like, ah, this guy's going to be dope. You know? So I, I'm, I'm really excited just to try two different settings altogether. I mean, uh, you know, uh, D and D shouldn't be too hard. I know they kind of streamlined a couple of things, but I'm just like really excited to get in character again. So, yeah. So some of my stuff that I'm wanting to try, of course, you know, we've talked about it offline, but mm-hmm. is um with a uh, Foundry virtual tabletop. That's I've uh, heard of Foundry. One of the new ones out. Like they've only been around for what a little over a year, I think now. Maybe a little. Maybe bit I, I know. I know. I've heard of. I've heard of them. Uh, but I've never messed with it. So Foundry virtual top. Let's see. It's um. It looks really awesome. I actually purchased a license for it today. And the good thing about it is, it's fifty dollars, and that's it, and you're done. That you know, you, you get to build everything yourself if you want to, or you can download add-ins and whatnot, and all that stuff. And one of the things I was started investigating was um, the card game Munchkin, because oh, in their yeah. in their new um, release for Foundry, they have this new um, they they have a card feature now, and so you can import the pictures of all the cards and everything, and a guy through the Reddit group at Foundry helped me find all of the already pre-rendered images. So all I have to do now is cut them and then add them in. And then of course add the rule set and we play Munchkin. Nice. And I think that, I think that's a, I think Munchkin's a great, very quick introductory or introduction to RPGs for people that don't play like tabletop RPGs. Yeah, I could agree with that. Did, uh, have you also seen, I mean, you, you would have to have a virtual headset, but there's also a virtual, table like but yeah. vr so everybody contributes that way so i've seen that they've uh, ported in some D stuff so you could actually move your miniatures and whatnot i thought that was pretty neat oh yeah it's wild i mean and and foundry they've got a, an amazing uh development team a developer team and they've got an amazing support community i mean they're just he- super helpful and i'm excited to dive into it so um i guess the thing i want to ask then is would you be up and excited for playing Hero Quest through that? Because that's the big thing that I really want to get people playing again. Because I, I miss I, playing it. I know you've been talking about Hero Quest, and you know what? Sure, I'd be down. We could do a do a one off or two, or if it turns into a campaign, I'm I'm all for it as well. Yeah. What's good about that is what's good about that one is is a lot of them are they're kind of pre designed, but you can kind of go as you want and kind of free will it some. 
And so a lot of the direction in it kind of makes it to where they're quicker campaigns and they, you know, go go pretty quick. So that's something that I feel like would be great to kind of start into. And I, I want to get back into D&D. I haven't played 5e, and so I'd like to look at that because um, I'm forgetting what I forget what edition I was. I was in I started in third ed and then moved up from there going into the other types. So it was just I, I'm excited and I hope other people are excited. I hope other people want to play because I'd like to stream this and have our little you know game channel maybe once every other week just playing one of these games. Yeah, that'd be the last. That'd be fun. And you guys get to hear my son screaming in the background. Oh, yeah. Well, you'll get to hear the dogs barking again. And and I laugh about that, and I make a joke about that, because if uh, you listeners out there, if you've been following along with this, you probably remember the beagles that were barking in the background sometimes in some of the podcast episodes, uh, earlier ones. So if you go back and listen to some of the earlier ones, you might hear beagles in the background, because where we were at down in, um, down, uh, in Lawrence County, we had a guy that raised beagles right next door to us, and they don't shut up ever. It's just, it was crazy. And when we moved up here and we didn't hear the beagles anymore, it's like, oh my gosh, it's so quiet. Like, what in the world? So, Beagles are some really loud dogs. Oh, and their barks they're are so shrill. Just bass. Shrilly bass. All right, well... Well, when well, like, you know what? That I got a question for you then. Okay. So, with the have have you looked at stuff at Roll Twenty though, and and checked out the virtual top because I am actually really excited that they uh, did that teaser for that isometric view. I think that'll really open up some uh, level editing there. So I looked at it, and the main difference between the two that really intrigued me to go toward Foundry versus Roll Twenty is, you know, doing some of the advanced features with Roll Twenty. It's a subscription-based thing where you're paying per month to use it. Whereas with Foundry, you pay $50 for the license and that's it. I don't have to pay any more. I can create all of my own stuff, you know, follow things and do things like that. So that's kind of why I went Foundry versus Roll20. Okay. Um, Roll20 looks great. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's it's, it's, like, it's like tomato, tomato. You know, neither one of them are bad. Neither one of them are just the absolute best. You know, and you've got great things for each one of them. It's just which trade-off do you go with? And with the Foundry one, it piqued my interest because I get to start developing again, kind of playing with things and growing things and building things. And I like that. And that's where I have fun as whenever I get to lead a campaign is getting to do that development part. That's that's fun for me and trying to, I guess, stump the players on how to get through certain things and get around certain things. Yeah, I think that I think that's awesome. I just I was just not too familiar with Foundry, so I wanted to know what your thoughts were when you did your research with Roll Twenty. Um, I know there have been other things out there that I keep seeing, and actually, uh, when we were, my wife and I stopped at this place called Gamer Haven in town, and it's just tons of board games, have Warhammer, everything, and all a bunch of source books. And my wife was like a kid in a candy shop, oh, yeah. all these, all these unique board games that you don't really see, like, you know, a target. And she actually bought like three. And then, uh, I, I saw they have the yawning, I think it was the yawning portal, you know, like the, the in one of the D and D is it's just, it's huge. It was huge. And they had it on this, on display. And I, I, I was like, oh. and 
like I go, I wish I could collect miniatures again. I mean, clearly I can't yet because I got a toddler who's probably going to eat half of them, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, like when he gets older, I would. That's another thing I would love to do is, you know, hey, let's just buy like five miniatures each and try to paint them and do a horrible job. But it'd be something fun to do. So I want to actually do like all these nerdy things that I could never do with my pop or, you know, because when we were younger, nerds were so heavily persecuted. So now I could be like, hey, do the dork stuff with me and don't be judged. You know, it'd be great. Yeah, that that, that would be exciting. I never got into painting the miniatures or doing the miniatures because every time I did D&D, it was literally we had books, piece of paper, and that's it. And then our DM literally created the world for us. And once again, like I said, I got a shout out to Joey, Joey Sherrill, just amazing DM, just the, the how creative he was. But that that's how we played. We never did the miniatures. And when I found out that D&D actually has a huge line of miniatures, I'm like, why did we never have this? I even went to him. I was like, why didn't we do this? He's like, well, it costs money. I'm like, I would have bought us some. I don't care. This is so cool. And the beauty of 3D printing. I love Hero Forge. I made so many characters. I haven't gotten them all. I did like one or two prints. But I really can't wait to like get a bunch printed out. Oh, I just for fun. I can't wait to use my 3D printer to make creations of my own for the Hero Quest set that I have. I bought um, GameStop had a sale on some of their stuff like that, and they had um, a D&D The Adventure Begins set that's usually like thirty dollars. I think I paid ten bucks for it, and so a nice little beginner set too that I hope to use that to help start everybody off on because I like it when a group that you're playing with gels really well, and then you can start throwing them into all kinds of different scenarios and epics and all that, and just have fun with it and have so much more fun when they actually, you know, work together really well. Cause I've been in a group where you're just fighting each other and it's just, it ends up being chaos and no fun to play the game. I'm, I'm very thankful for the D and D group that I have. So I'm looking forward to meeting a whole new group. Um, and, and seeing how I can be dynamically with people actually in person, because I think we also meet in person at the same time if we want to do vice versa. So it'd be really nice for that. But I mean, everyone that I played with on on uh, Roll20, I think it's been about close to five years now. So we got a pretty pretty decent group. That's awesome. I'm excited about that. Yeah. yeah. I hope we can build us a little group here and have a little just side thing. It's not going to be anything super serious, but something to have fun, you know, a couple times a month and you know, get into some fun games. So, well, Nick, thank you so much for joining me for a part two of actually getting into the part of being a gamer dad. Whereas oh, in the yeah. other one, we went so far deep into who knows what, you know, but it was so much fun. <laughs> I loved doing that one. Oh and yeah. Me this too, one's man. moved just as fast. And I, I'm sorry. I had to step away a few times for this crazy dog and, and everybody listening, you're going to start hearing this dog more often. And I apologize for it, but you know, that's, that's life. And that's how, things go so nick any parting words no i got none i got none I, like always i always have fun i you know what i was gonna tell you you saw on facebook with the uh the terrifying uh monitor with my son playing like a giggling monster doll or something yes yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a little I'm, I'm just slightly like shaken by that yeah no no that was terrifying so i hit it and then he found it and then he started playing with it again. I'm like, oh. and then my wife won't let me throw it away. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> so that <laughs> I wanted to share that because I think <laughs> I just needed to go back to another dad moment of like, oh, this is another good one that we've got to talk about. But like you said before, when you're apologizing about the dogs, man, we're just constantly doing dad things here. So 
No, that's, that's I mean, that, that's a dad thing having to hide a toy from the kid because it makes some kind of weird, crazy sound. Because I know I've gone through those many times already. And it's like, I hear some of this weird noise coming from my child's room. I open the door, what is that? He's like, it's this. I'm like, give it here. Just don't even, don't even, don't say anything. Just give it here. <laughs> you know, because if I'm freaked out, I was like, just give it here. And you, you can have it back later. Just no, 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 not now. You can't play with it now. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks once again, Nick, for taking the time to sit down with me to do this part two. And hopefully we'll get together and maybe have a group and we talk about some D&D stuff because I love oh, D&D. Yeah. That's so much fun to me. And I know Hollywood's not, that's not his realm. He hasn't really delved into that very much. And I'd like to drag him into that world. Oh, you know, yeah, it, let's do it. Oh, it'd be so much fun. And he, he, he's going to like hate me for it. But you know what? He needs to be a part of that world. Oh, so, yeah. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can catch... All of our episodes at hnkexp.com. Go check us out there. Give us likes, reviews, follow us. All our major podcast outlets, they are linked there. All of our social media links are there as well. You can rate us now on Spotify. Spotify has opened up ratings, so please go give us a rating. If you like what you hear, give us five stars. If you don't, give us one star. I want you to be, be honest with us now, but please give us five stars. We really want those five stars. So... Once again, Nick, thank you so much for being with us tonight. And everybody, take care. And that's it. Thank you, guys. Bye.